Hello, everybody. This is Phil Friend. Um, introduce you to the latest edition of Gear Gadgets and Gizmos. And today we have a guest, Fiona Jarvis, who I I'm trying to remember when I met Fiona first, but it was all it was auspicious because we were doing a recording for BBC Radio Four, and um, how illustrious was that? We met in a very nice um, hotel restaurant area. And uh, this is important because Fiona is going to tell you why nice hotels and nice restaurants matter. Um, Fiona, it's really good to see you again. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Phil. Good, good, good. Um, <clears throat> well, let's kick off, shall we, by just establishing uh, that you're a disabled woman and what's, what does that mean? Um, well, I... I used to work in the city as a salesperson. I often say salesman and forget I'm meant to be gender neutral, but there you go. Um, and uh, I had to take clients out. And, uh, you know, I couldn't take clients for lunch when they were going to sign a multi-million pound deal. I couldn't take them to McDonald's to make sure it was accessible. So I had to make a note of flash restaurants and bars that had accessibility for me because then I was walking with two sticks. Um, more lastly, I'm now in a wheelchair. And um, so I, I thought, well, this information is useful for other people. I can't be the only person that wants to go to smart restaurants or bars or hotels, um, which led me to set up Blue Badge Style, which is a sort of a, a review website that has grown since 2012 when it started, um, which reviews venues, talks about their style, ambience, and then rates them on their accessibility and facilities. The facilities refer to the disabled loos. So I've become known as the queen of the disabled loo more latterly <laughs> because I keep writing about toilets that are inadequate or that are good. But I think it's 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 fair to say, isn't it, uh, Fiona, that there are a lot of I mean, there weren't when you and I started off, there were fewer of them. But there are a lot of accessibility websites run by disabled people doing all sorts of really good stuff. But what really attracted me to yours was that it was about splendor and magnificence and loveliness. It wasn't just about sort of chrome grab rails and a wide door. Exactly. And it wasn't just about, you know, the loads of local pizza joint down the road is accessible. Yeah. It was all about the premise of it is style. Now, that style does not mean expense. It just means you have a certain style and you want to maintain it. And after all, if your body's failing, the one thing you've got left is your sense of style. Yes. And you don't want to compromise on that. And that goes for... As I say, it, it started with venues. It's expanded now to disability equipment, the home, um, and, you know, things to do. You know, you don't, don't always want to go and do wheelchair dancing. You might want to do something else, something mm. that able-bodied people do, like go to the cinema yeah. or uh, go to the theatre. So we review places like that as well. So it's it's – and – it's been going since 2012, so we've had nine, ten years. Have you seen <clears throat> in that time, have you seen uh, 
things improving? Have, have things, in your view, got better from a style and disability point of view? Or is it are you still ploughing a lonely furrow? I feel as though I'm still ploughing a lonely furrow, <laughs> but I'm sure things have changed. It's just it's so slow and it's so marginal. And, you know, I feel sorry for the younger generation who are also disabled um, because their lives are so limited by the environment around them and so limited when it comes to having trendy things to wear or um, trendy gadgets around home. I mean, my one bugbear is I was once um, visited by local OT in my beautiful loft apartment uh, flat. And um, they they came in, they said, oh, yeah, you could do with a standing frame, which, which I have got. Uh, I'll come on to that later. But um, she said, oh, there's plenty of room here for all your equipment. I went, I'm not putting any of that equipment in my flat. What are you talking about? And I once did a talk at Nadex, and I said, hands up, anyone who has a room they shove all the equipment you don't want to look at and everybody put their hand up you know we've all got that room and you don't yes, want to look at yeah. this stuff in my case it's the garage it's all in the garage yeah okay so <clears throat> so there you are driven to 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 and you are driven because i remember you are very driven it's about making style accessible it's about making people feel wonderful, even though they've got to use a gadget of some sort. And one of the things that I know, uh, and Fiona has a website, and I will leave the address on our and our show notes for people to to look at her what she's doing. But there's a piece in there. I was, two things hit me when I looked. One was there's this fantastic place in Kerala in India. So I thought, blimey, she's she's not just doing Britain. She's jet setting all over the place. Um, but the thing that I really appreciated looking at was the work you're doing on listed buildings. And because they're an anathema, on the one hand, we want Windsor Castle to look like Windsor Castle. But on another, we want to be able to go and see the exhibits there and go around and do that properly. And you've been working specifically, I know, in that area. How are things there? How are you doing with the old buildings that we know our country's full of? The, the very old buildings which are listed, um, um, and our uh, what, tourist attractions, English Heritage, who do the listing, have said, it's your history as well, they should be accessible. So when I call up a restaurant that happens to be in a listed building and the person on the end of the phone says, oh, no, we haven't got a disabled toilet because we're a listed building, I say that's absolute rude yes. word. Um <laughs> beginning with B. And um, I said, if, you know, if Hampton Court or Windsor Castle can be inaccessible for me to visit it, your restaurant can be. And don't tell me that it's down to the listing. It's down to economics. It's down to the fact your owners or the people who own your building either can't be asked or just um, don't have the wherewithal to do it. Yeah. Um, and it really winds me up that that thing about, you know, sorry, we're a listed building. It's just rubbish. And of course, you make the point, which is is well made by many others. But you make the point very powerfully that <clears throat> they're depriving themselves of our custom, which means they're depriving themselves of our money 
and and everybody wants our money so there is a there is a business case here somewhere i know you and i've struggled over many years to get that business case argument across but it does exist doesn't doesn't matter it doesn't seem to matter how much you say it's it's i think it's now uh um rated at 274 billion in the uk and at 1.2 trillion worldwide dollars that is and uh, pounds in the uk um it doesn't matter how eye-watering the figures are things don't change i mean i'm part of the um, futures committee which is the inclusion committee on the institute of hospitality and they were talking about some recently there was a hotel owner who put in his prerequisite 10% accessible rooms, used the most basic um, equipment in the rooms, you know, the horrible white plastic, and then once he'd got his building certificate, written them all out again. Now, where is the economic sense in that? I don't get it. That is just... Well, there are... There are one or two good news stories. I do remember Intercontinental Hotels were the first chain to put ceiling hoists into the some of their accessible bedrooms and found they were booked solid for months ahead. Um, so, you know, we've got... What, what's... Here we go. Now, there's a question. I haven't... Fiona's had no chance to prepare for these questions, by the way. So <laughs> I'm putting her on the, on the spot. If you were going to, if you're going to recommend where I should go for a very special anniversary meal with my partner or a family event of some sort, what would jump off the page for you, Fiona? What what would you recommend? Who've done the accessible stuff? They've done everything they should have done, and they look great. What 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 would be the? But first of all, Mike, I get that asked that question all the time by friends, family, people writing in. And my first question is, how much do you want to spend? Okay. Let's just say that I have sufficient funds. I can't go to Kerala, but, but no. I, somewhere in London. You're talking about a restaurant or a hotel? Or? Yeah, it's a restaurant, I think. Okay. Well, in London, um, there's a restaurant that run by Ollie Dabu in um, Piccadilly called uh, Hyde. Okay. The most fantastic food spectacular food uh, presented in really unusual ways and the one thing they did there they've got a lift um, which is lovely and then the disabled loo is one of the loveliest disabled loos I've ever seen so I would recommend there they've got sort of dried flowers hanging from the ceiling and love beautiful pipe music and the most beautiful smell in a disabled toilet <laughs> um Okay, so <laughs> that um, that sounds really, really good. So what I should do then is order my meal and eat it in the toilet. Should I? Is that is that your recommendation? <laughs> I mean, ju- just in case you want to go to the loo, is yes. No, I I do. I, you said something was really really interesting that um, you mentioned a minute or two ago the lift being nice i've never thought about you know the design of a lift that would be attractive to use one or two places have nice lifts i mean it's it's not that it's just um, the number of times i've been taken up somewhere through a goods lift surrounded by uh, rotten food or or taken via the kitchens 
and yes. not even the good part of the kitchen, the bit where the kitchen uh, rubbish is stored. Um, yes. it, it, it defies belief. And if you're in a manual wheelchair, which I think you are, aren't you? There's a danger of getting rotting veg all over your hands as you trail your way through. I made sure no, I made sure someone's pushing me. Put it that way. <laughs> okay, so so the last getting on for ten years of your life has been spent trying to transform um, the landscape for 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 disabled people that have real access issues. Um, but when we um, were putting this idea together of recording our conversation, you mentioned two or three things that you use that really help you, but they're not necessarily, are they, high tech? I mean, they're quite things. Should we Take us take us through the two or three things that you... Um, the one thing I use is a, a crutch that I used to use. And um, to get into bed, I need to sort of pull myself against um, a grab rail on the other side of the bed and right. as my spine is shortened I can't actually reach it that easily anymore so what I do is I use this crutch heavily heavily um, banded uh, sorry uh, taped up with uh, parcel tape or sorry uh, you know electrical tape um, and it grabs the other side of the for me on the other side of the bed so I pull so the, myself the bit your hand goes on for a crutch is it that bit that you've wrapped the yeah okay so it makes it non-slip yeah and it also means um it, it grabs the metal rail easier more easily yeah um but I mean you know the main thing is getting into bed going to the loo and um trying to reach things so yes. I have three grabbers, you know, those, those plastic grab things that you... I do, get. yeah. Um, I've got three of those, one in each room, because I was fed up with sort of dropping something in the bathroom and <laughs> having to go to the kitchen to go get the grabber to pick it up. Yeah, it's a bit like glasses, isn't it? If you don't, you only wear reading glasses, you want one in every room, right? Yeah, so you've got three of those. I've got three of them. Are they different? Are they different types or are they all? They're all very similar. The they're, they're all, I mean, I I try and find a good looking one, but they're all yes. horrible metal and plastic. I mean, if someone could design a really attractive looking grabber, uh, that would be good. Um, the And I use them sometimes to switch on um, power sockets that are just out of reach. So I'll, I'll use the other end of the grabber to switch on the power socket yeah um the um other thing i have which i i, I said to someone a friend of mine said i don't think i've got three gadgets and they said yeah you have you've got the breeze blocks again to get into bed what happened was i bought a new bed and i didn't realize the height of it was so different to my old bed and I stand right. to transfer, and um, of course I stood to transfer, and my bottom, shall we say, couldn't reach the mattress. <laughs> um, so I had to put a breeze. Well, someone had to put a breeze block down for me that I had lying around um, from some building work, and uh, put it next to my bed, and it was just the right height for me to actually sit on the edge of the bed. 
Um, the only problem was it was a bit rough on my feet. Yes. So um, I'm waiting to get carpet tiles to stick on top of it, although I don't know if that worked. But all I do is I put a towel wrapped around this breeze block to get into bed. It's the most bizarre thing. Well, look, that's, you've just triggered a memory. Um, back in the 1970s, so I'm that old, I bought a VW Beetle and I had hand controls put on it, obviously, because I couldn't drive using my feet. But I could use my right foot then, back then, on the brake. But I couldn't keep my foot on the brake. It kept falling off. Oh, dear. So my mum got a house brick and wrapped it in some very nice material and stuck it under the – and I used it for years. It was brilliant. It's very similar. I'd forgotten all about that. It's just interesting how disabled people find an everyday object that they then reuse in a totally different yeah. way. And this is what I say we, to employers. They should employ disabled people because we're the ultimate problem yeah. solvers. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you want – a Diamante-covered pickup stick. <laughs> well, not Diamante. I'd like it just to look a little bit better than the ones we have at the moment. They always seem to be in bright colours or black and yellow. I don't know why. And uh, I'd, I'd like a, a step that you could use getting into the loo. Well, you could use on the loo because sometimes these toilets that I go and examine – the height of them so high, my legs don't reach the floor. Um, yeah. And I just, I, I, again, that, that sort of drives me nuts. So I just think, why have they decided that, the, that we all need toilets that, sort of, that are so mountainous? Because I understand why, it's, why they have them. It's, it's easier to transfer people. But we're not all being transferred. We want to transfer ourselves. And most wheelchair chairs are similar heights so i don't understand why we've got these ginormous disabled toilets yes and i suppose there are examples of height adjustable toilets but they're very expensive and they wouldn't probably you know you you mentioned earlier on in this conversation that that you know the the proprietors of these buildings and so on and are loath to spend lots of money so they're not going to it's enough you know, to get them to put a disabled toilet in if you ask them to put exactly. an adjustable one they i think they'd freak out i think what i've seen over the years i don't know if you agree with me fiona but the the ability i now use a powered chair and what that enables me to do is to elevate it to a certain height so i can reach things um, it, it'll allow me, a bit like you, my, my standing is pretty precarious, but I can still do it. Um, it allows me to stand up out of the chair so I, I can then lean against the loo if that's what I want to do. Um, the, the powered wheelchair in some ways gets round some of those problems but because it, it creates others because they're big and they're heavy and, you know, and they're not you, as manoeuvrable as an if you, if you go somewhere and all of a sudden they've said, oh, we didn't realise we had a 10-inch step to get in. <laughs> the classic well i um i just uh, i've been at a meeting in birmingham for the first time since covid i went to a meeting physically and um was in a hotel before i went they sent me photos of the wet room and i pointed out that it wasn't much use to me given there was no seat in it <laughs> i mean what 
you're supposed to do sit on your anyway so so we've got the pickup stick we've got your ubiquitous walking stick which you've changed around so it becomes a sort of lever to to, to haul yourself into bed with um and what was the other one? Uh, uh, the breeze block. It was block. your brick, your famous breeze block. <laughs> I've got to be the only person that has a brick in their bedroom. So here's this woman of style with a breeze block under her bed. I mean, come on. <laughs> Should be a gold I know, bar. it's not under my bed. It's a, I use it as a step to get in. To get into the bed, yeah. And, and I do appreciate that problem because um, my bed has a, has a space under it which really matters for when I put my feet under the bed, I can balance against the edge, you know, little, so a sofa bed, you know, a divan, which is completely flat to the floor. I can't use. Which is uh, what, I, so what yeah, I ordered. Yeah. This is, this is brilliant. I mean, so we've got some recommendations and listeners, you have to go and look at Fiona's website because it's got all sorts of useful information. Also talks about the project she's working on, but there's some great ideas for going out for a, a nice evening somewhere um in our uh, latest our latest um uh, my latest escapade or project is to actually help people design beautiful looking homes you yes. know not just for now because most people think oh you're disabled it'll be, just be the same forever but a lot of disabilities change over time and the idea is to try and future protect your home so that as things change it will still look lovely and you won't have to oh god I can't do that anymore I'll have to quickly rush out and buy a horrible white grab rail because I need that there um the idea is to sort of have ingenious ways that you can make a home look um beautiful and still accessible so that's my latest project well, that's that sounds very interesting and and um, and much needed. You're right. You know, a grab rail is something that we might well need in our beautiful house. But unless it looks as beautiful as a house, you're not going to want to put it in, are you? OK, well, um, I'm going to suggest that we um, I, I will certainly put the details of your site and what you're up to on on the show notes. And what I'll do is I'll stay in touch and we'll see how you how that progresses, because I think many of us why would you want to have to move simply to make the house more accessible exactly that, that's, that's exactly if, if you like where, if you like where you live why why do you have to move yeah exactly all right fiona well look th- let me say thank you very much uh, okay. for giving us your time and bringing us up to date actually particularly me on what you're up to and about um and i will um I will, on behalf of our listeners, make sure that you that they know what about your site and what's going on, and I hope they um, look at it and maybe end up in Kerala or somewhere yeah. nice. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, thank well, you very much. If you've got a story to tell about the gadgets that you use to overcome the barriers that your disability puts in your way, then contact me at brinkburn at gmail.com or contact the RIDC at mail at ridc.org.uk. I look forward to hearing from you.